Welcome to Mavs Flame, where we break down question, event, trend, or news every single day. My name is Bobby Carella from Mavs.com. On most episodes, we'll discuss an on-court basketball topic, but I think it's also important, too, to discuss the business side of basketball so that we can all gain a better understanding of how the league works. And in my opinion, there's no way to better do that than to have people on who live it every single day. Today, I'm joined by Becca Jenikov, social media coordinator for the Dallas Mavericks. This is Becca's first season with the Mavs, but before that, she spent three seasons working for the New York Knicks. She's also worked for the New York Mets, American Airlines Center, and University of Texas Basketball. Becca, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for being on. This is your uh, your your pilot kind of uh, podcast experience. Yep. Are you um, excited? I am. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Uh, <clears throat> you're the first Mavs employee to be on Mavs Planed. And the first anyone to be on Mavs Planed. I'm honored. Yeah. Honored. Yeah. It's a, it's a big occasion. <laughs> um, okay. So... You're the social media coordinator for the Dallas Mavericks, and it feels like, this being your job, you would know way more about it than me, but it feels like any time you mention to anybody that you work in social media, they're like, oh yeah, so you just like take videos all day, and that's pretty much all you do. Um, Obviously, there's a lot more to it, so how exactly would you describe uh, not only what you do, but what Lizelle does and what we all kind of do collectively uh, with Mavs Digital? I think... It's a lot more than just taking videos and photos on court, which is what everyone really sees us do. Um, I think there's three parts. There's the coverage part, you know, in-game, cutting, clipping, captioning, um, videos for live social. Um, There's the coordination and the planning part, um, which is the planning of content schedules or, you know, things coming up in advance. You're planning for Christmas in October or something like that. those bigger tentpole moments. And the third is the creation part, you know, really in or creativity, coming up with those ideas to really make, you know, your brand stand out. Um, and I think that's one of, one of the biggest parts of our job is trying to keep things fresh and keep things fun. And that's a really big part of our job as well. Um, I had someone come up to me the other day and say, like, what are you doing on your computer during the game? It's like, who do you think is posting during the game like how do you think those videos get up there you know mm-hmm. so it's I don't think anyone really fully understands unless they're in our you know certain role so it's nice to kind of explain that <laughs> I think the creativity part is very important kind of underrated because uh, totally. there's almost a misconception I think just generally I mean it's like this with any company there's always secrets right and the Mavs work in silence. I'm sure that every team that you've worked for uh, before has as well, where, you know, for example, the Mavs trade for KP mm-hmm. an hour before tip-off. Well, none of us knew about that. You right. know, it's not mm-hmm. like word travels throughout the organization. And so you kind of right. have to be super flexible and be able to think of whatever it's going to be. What are we sure. going to post? What are we going to make? How are we going to say it? Because now, I mean, it used to be that teams could kind of put out their message or any company could put out their message, but it's almost like as as social media people, you're the first line of fan kind of uh, communication right. these days. Right. You don't really look online to see the news. You go to Instagram or Twitter. That's like the number one thing that people do now. Um, I know that's what I do. So I try to think about like what I would do to look for something or, you know, someone my age. Um, so and people really appreciate, you know, the thought that goes into everything. And when you see in the comments, this is sick or, you know, that's dope or something like that. Like you feel great because you put so much time and effort into it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we work for the team. 
mm-hmm. which means we're kind of like teammates with the players. But at the same time, there's a huge kind of degree of separation. Obviously, we're not in the same building as them. We're not in practice. We're not playing in the games. Right. You know, we're, we're kind of like removed from them a little bit. So sure. um, how do you approach operating in the space between teammate, coworker, friend, but colleague sure. and also kind of like an unwanted presence because generally media is kind of on the outside looking in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I always try to stay out of the way. Um, you know, just at first when I'm trying to like, you know, really try to grasp a guy's, you know, personality or something like that to try to see, you know, Oh, this guy will be really wanting to do some social media stuff, AKA Boban. Um, or, you know, this guy maybe treat him a little bit, you know, on the side of caution, something like that. Um, but once you not that they're a jerk, but of course not, of course not. Oh, they just there are guys that are a little more reserved. For sure, for sure, and and you have to respect that. And I think we all do a really good job of that. Um, and you just kind of get the sense of who they are and what they want to do. So I think yes, we are a team. Like we work for the same team, just in different like aspects of the team. Um, you know, their job is to play and our job is to market their play. So, you know, that's two sides of a team, you know, that we, we do all the social stuff and they want to use their social, our social stuff to put on their social media channels and things like that. And, you know, we want them to play well so we can put stuff on our social. It's like goes hand in hand. Um, and we support them and root them on obviously day in, day out. Um, I think that, you know, how I operate with friend, coworker, things like that is, again, just seeing their personalities, you know, like if they warm up to you really quickly or if they, you know, seem a little bit more reserved, you have to respect and kind of honor that because that's their, you know, the way they operate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's I guess ultimately our job to make them more comfortable than totally. anything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're here to promote them, but also to kind of respect them, too. Absolutely. Uh, so this being your first season in Dallas, I'm sure you're learning a lot about the players on this team, but you have a lot of experience with a few of them yes. coming from New York. You were like the fourth piece, I guess the fifth <laughs> piece, because we got Trey Burke too, but yes. you came over kind of in the KP trade. <clears throat> yes. um, so what was your experience like being there, working with those three mm-hmm. guys, and then also, you know, in light of the trade, I'm sure, sure that I had to shake <laughs> things up, but just, you know, having kind of a sense of familiarity with a yeah. few of the key players on the team. <clears throat> right. New York's very different than, than Dallas, obviously. So, you know, um, those guys were great in New York. Um, I think they're even greater here. They, you know, I think that they're, you know, a little more relaxed and things like that. Right when I saw the game before I started work, I just came to shadow and just kind of look over Lizelle's shoulder a little bit. And Courtney saw me and he goes, oh my God, you work here now. And it was just, again, like, like your last question. I mean, I created that relationship with him where he knew like what my job was and you know if he needed something recorded or a photo sent to him or something like that and so I'm embedded in his brain in that way seeing me in this environment he knows exactly what I'm here for Mm. so and then you know Tim was kind of like what are you doing here and I was like (laughs) I work here now so you know I mean those guys are awesome and they um their interaction with me kind of makes me think that you know they are really paying attention to like what we're doing and that who we are um and so yeah i mean the familiarity for me i mean obviously when i came in here day one i'm from dallas i was born and raised here but in a new organization it's always hard but i came in here 
and like you know my coworkers and colleagues and made me feel like family and home instantly but it also kind of felt a little a little good that I had you know some three guys that I already knew mm. um, on the team as well and um, just kind of reconnecting with them which is kind of cool and for them to have a familiar face in you I think exactly also for sure cool for them for too. sure uh, what was it like being there when the trade went down because down here obviously bittersweet to say goodbye to Dennis and Mm -hmm. you know Wes and and DeAndre you know I I love Wes the Matthews Uh, DeAndre was only here for half a year but it was kind of like fulfilling his destiny by being on the Mavs but it was really exciting to get KP and those guys I mean it was a it was a huge move but up there it was almost like the inverse like it you're trading a really good player to get younger. I don't know. Right. It, it just is kind of a shift in perspective. Well, out there, there was obviously a goal in mind, you know, last season and things like that. Um, the the trade with KP, I remember I was on my way back from the training center, which is like an hour away from the office, and I was needed back ASAP. You know, we knew something was coming. We didn't really know what. Um, it happened, and I remember one of our – videographers put together like a thank you video and I started crying I couldn't I couldn't help it it was so sweet and it was so these guys had made such an impact on that team Um, no matter what it was community game in-game play like anything Um, they were a huge part of New York and it was a real it was a real heartbreak for a second like we all were shocked Um, I was I'm obviously MFFL for life so like for me I was like it was everyone kept texting me being like, Oh my God, like how conflicted are you? You know, that kind of thing. So, um, and it was always a goal of mine to work here one day. So I was like, maybe they'll still be there when I get there, which they are. Um, but two weeks later, you're like, Oh yeah. yeah." So, um, so, you know, it, it was, it was definitely heartbreaking for some of us who one had relationships with them and had traveled with them and, you know, actually like created content with them. Um, and they're just all around great guys. Um, but then again, like getting Dennis and DeAndre, um, and Wesley for a couple of days, like, you know, DeAndre was a huge, had a huge impact on a, on a bunch of players. Um, and Dennis, you know, very close to my heart, you know, mm. I got to spend a week with him at his, or a week, uh, three days with him in his hometown and things like that. So I actually had like a full on, like, you know, friendship with him mm. in that regard. He's so, such a good dude. Such a good dude. Yep. Um, and you know, so it, it worked out for both teams. I think, you know, Knicks have a goal. Dallas, you know, had a goal to, you know, th- whatever goal was last year in January at this time, January 30th. Mm-hmm. Or, and, um, you know, I just think that both teams are obviously in their places and doing what they want to do. And, but it was a very, very hard time for sure. It was sad to say goodbye to Dennis and those guys, especially because at, at the time we were on the road. We were in Detroit whenever right. that trade went down. And so mm-hmm. it was like the previous night we were in MSG with these guys. Right. Dennis oh, had a triple-double. about that. And we're like, man, this is so cool. Yes. Dennis finally had a big game because he'd been kind of struggling. And then the next day, of course, he's gone. Mm-hmm. So you don't even get a chance to say goodbye, even though they're like you're on the bus with them. It's right. really weird. Yeah. But uh, one of the saddest transactions that we've made since I was here was whenever we traded Devin Harris to Denver a couple years right. ago. Uh, we were and in that it, trade too. I mean, was, the Knicks were oh in yeah, that trade also. Oh yeah, McBuckets came here. Yes, yes. Yeah, that was extremely sad. Yeah. And, you know, from the outside fans perspective, you're saying, okay, I mean, like Devin Harris, veteran guy, he's been around, sure, we love yeah. him, you know, he's cool, but it's not that big of a deal. You know, I mean, right. to, to the average fan, I think it's just not, right. it's kind of a marginal move. Yeah. But 
it goes to show you that no there's emotions with it yeah. from the employees and the whole organization like when I say I cried at that thank you video to those guys, like it wasn't just the music behind it. It wasn't just, <laughs> it, you know, it was, we were really like, you know, losing guys that had been on the team for a long time um, and made a real impact. So it's, it really impacts people hmm. for sure. Yeah. So covering these guys on Instagram and, and Twitter and Snapchat and TikTok and literally every Facebook, mm -hmm. the website, whatever, real life, you name it. Um, can kind of sometimes be like almost an invasion of privacy, sort sure, of. You're like yeah. a fly on the wall when they get to the arena from the time they get there to the time they leave. You're right. following them around. Um, and around here, the last few years, it was always kind of weird because we were an older team. Most of the guys, like a few years ago, the last time we were in the playoffs, it was D-Will, Zaza Pachulia, guys that are in their 30s that don't really care about right. social at all. You know, mm -hmm. Dirk was never really big on it either. But now, I mean, it's kind of like this generational shift where – Luca lives on Instagram. Right. And so do you do you find it, you know, any easier working with them in that regard than being more okay with just you being phone in their face all the time? Mm -hmm. uh, and also do you kind of sense that they get it more? They they understand the like the benefits that come with sure. being so active. They totally get it more. Um, <clears throat> coming from working on a really young team for the past couple of years. Um, I had I got to experience that firsthand. Um, you know, those guys, they're coming up through college. Um, they're one year, how many years are in college, but they grew up with these apps. Mm. So, you know, um, I got these apps when I was in, you know, in college, but they had them in high school and, you know, they're being media trained in college and like, you know, making, you know, you saw Zion's like gender reveal video for his coach, you know, something like that. Mm. Like that's normal for them. So they're ready when they come to the NBA, they know exactly what to do. Um, at the draft with RJ, um, in my experience, you know, he was ready to go. Like he took, he was like, what do you need me to do? Selfie video, something like that. It was like, that's cool. it was just like, it made my life so much easier. Um, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He was willing to talk to us about what he wanted and what he didn't want to talk about. Um, so yeah, I mean, Luca being, you know, every time we get on Instagram, he's, you know, posting right after the game or he's online, which I think is great. You know, those guys are trying to build their own brand, which is a thing now. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, that what, when they were that age, you know, um, the guys you were just talking about or more than that, even this wasn't a thing. So the guys that are rising up with Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and things like that, it's like their number one priority besides basketball, you know, is social media. They want the photos, they want the videos to promote themselves. And that's like, you know, they get a really big benefit out of that. Yeah, and depending on who you read or who you're talking about, they might even care more about that. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's some yeah. of the accusations these yeah, days. Yeah, I know, yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's all part of it. Like, it's, it's a business, right. you know, and they can stand to make a lot of money off right. of uh, using social as well as just build a fan base. Of generally. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you think about it as like how much do you look at Instagram every single day? Think about if you were a professional NBA player and you just, you know, dropped a triple double in a game and you want to get on your phone after post a photo and post repost all these videos. It's insane, mm. like, you know, and the how rapidly things are growing. You know, Luca, I think when I started, he had like 3.1 million followers. Now he has 3.8. 
um, and, and counting. Like a lot of those people are voting for the All Star, right? Team, you know, yeah, like that. yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see after All Star and things like that how the growth of you know our team and his brand are growing, and you know with the addition of Jordan and things like that, like that's even something else he needs to promote. You know, mm. so these guys get it; they understand that social media is going to be a big. It's a you know people pay them to do things like when someone says hashtag ad or something like that. You know, mm. it's it's a big part of their lives. So. I definitely think the younger guys are more open to showing their personality and, you know, really participating um, for that reason. And also because it's just fun for them because they're young and mm. it's fun. Yeah. Like Jalen Brunson, for example, underrated social media game. Yeah. He's good on there. He's going to, it's, it's yeah. been nice to see guys that are willing to kind of show for their sure. personality in that regard. Um, okay. So while you were working in New York, it was Luca's rookie season. Yeah. Before that, the Mavs had kind of, been sort of descending into kind of the mediocrity treadmill, you know, missing yeah. the playoffs a couple of years in a row. And then they get Luca. Uh, what was the perception of Luca and the Mavs and everything? I know it was only one year, right. but uh, for that season in New York. Um, you know, people still walked around with Doncic uh, jerseys in New York, you mm -hmm. know. He, wa he was special anywhere you, anywhere you sliced it. Like, even in New York, um, when people came, when he, when you guys came to, well, I'll say we now, when the Mavs came to the Garden um, for, uh, I think it was Dirk's last game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the day it before was, the trade. Right, right, right. The day before. I keep forgetting that. It's so crazy. It is weird. Um, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, so the day before the trade, um, when Luca was there, you know, the Slovenian fans at the Garden, the the amount of people that were there. Um, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to see them, like if you're not actually looking for it. But it's crazy because the garden attracts so many international like fans and things like that, mm. um, or tourists. And so, you know, I think there were more Slovenian, you know, fans there than there were Knicks fans. Mm. Honestly, I think I remember them playing a Slovenian song. Yeah, something. That game. We, yeah, I, there must have been because, you know, no, again, like no matter how you look at it, Luca was like really running the league at that point and everyone knew he was rookie of the year and all that like at an early point in the season mm. um and for me you know like I said like Mavs fan for life I you know when the Mavs come to town I was just like you know videoing Dirk I didn't I wasn't even paying attention yeah. to the to the team that I worked for um but you know I had a picture of Dirk and KP on my desk from the year prior before KP got hurt um, shaking hands and I kept that on my desk in KP's you know New York uniform and Dirk in his Dallas uniform later to find out that our own Steve uh, took that picture and so now it's back on my desk because it makes more sense now mm. but um, but yeah I mean like the Matt you know when Dirk played his last game in New York we gave him a huge you know, standing ovation, posted it on social. I know all the um, the teams probably did something to that end, but we planned for it and we knew that we were going to do that. So, you know, the presence of the Mavs and Luca is everywhere. I mean, like, you know, Luca was being shown more on the billboards in New York than their own Knicks team. He was on the side of the arena that yeah. day, which I thought was the – it gave me goosebumps. Yeah. That was also – my first time at MSG for a game. Really? Other than, I went to the All-Star game in 2015, yeah, but yeah, for yeah. a regular season game, that was my first time, and so I didn't really know what to expect. And mm -hmm. just pulling up to it, seeing Luca's face, not right. anyone on the Knicks. Right. It was Luca. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I he mean, is an established wow. presence from the day from day one. So, yeah. you know, that's 
as best as I can answer that, you know, he's special anywhere. <laughs> mm. So being around the league for a few years, whenever you were with the Knicks, uh, you traveled mm -hmm. every game or most games? Um, or last, games the or? last season I did every game. I think I missed like one or two. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you got some stories. Yeah. Uh, so what is it like traveling with the team? But then uh, the fun stuff. Yeah. Any embarrassing stories, memorable stories? Yes. <laughs> what 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 kind of what can you share with us? Um, so to, to answer the first part of this is, you know, I see traveling with the team was a privilege, is a privilege. Mm. Um, you know, you earn the right or earn the spot to travel with the team. It's huge. It's like something that no one gets to do in your everyday life. Um, it's kind of fake life. It's, it's, it's literally it's fake life. Yeah. You you are on like you are out of town. Mm. Like it's crazy. Um, and, you know, it's a grind. Everything is time to the minute, um, at least with um, the team that I was with before. Mm. Um, everything's time to the minute. If you aren't on time, you are forgotten. And it's, you know, you got to find your way. Um, thankfully, that never happened to me. But, oh, I was going to um, say, it sounds like no, you've no, no. from experience. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was just, people told me that. Um, oh, okay. And thankfully, I had some great people to guide me around, along the way, because I think that's really important as well. Um, and then, you know, but then at the same time, I mean, it's a grind. I mean, you're you're landing at two in the morning, um, and waking up because you got to answer emails and go to practice and do all this stuff, um, and then you have a game that night and you do it all over again. Like it's great to travel and see all these cities, but you're also like, you're you're on a job. Like you're doing your job in different cities. It's a really cool and unique thing. Um, so you know that's how I looked at it. It was a privilege for me, and I was you know you got to be on your best behavior and be on, be on your game and things like that at all times. And so it's, it's really unique. Mm. Um, but yes, me being, maybe start with the good. Not okay. With the, not with the <laughs> me being the clumsy <laughs> and weird person that I am. I have some stories of course. Um, so I have a couple. So the first one we were staying, we were in LA for the first time and, um, we were staying at the hotel that Justin Bieber was living in for a second. And he, he lived in. He lived on in the montage. We we, wow, okay. we stayed in Beverly Hills. Oh okay. So because we were there for five days because of the time change, so we oh, were literally yeah, we I were literally so. there from Wednesday till Sunday. Yeah. The game was on Friday, so like it was a long, Jeez. long trip. Yeah. In the middle of a six-game, two-week home, uh, two-week West I mean, Coast if trip. If you're a coast team, you're gone for oh my days gosh. and days. And it days. was it's not like here where we can just right, go and come back. Right. You know? It was a hard. That was a hard trip. We had to sleep on the plane back to New York, even Ooh. overnight. It was it was hard. Yeah. Um. So and it was right right after the New Year and stuff like that. So you know we spent New Year's in Denver snowstorm. It was crazy. Mm. So anyway, so Justin Bieber is living in our hotel, and he was staying on the floor we were on and of course my room is the furthest away from the elevator when i tell you that every single person on this team including staff saw justin bieber except for me and i'm a huge believer uh. i am a believer um i was crushed <laughs> i i missed him i missed like him hours. by a second every single time uh. he would get in the elevator and i would get off mm -hmm. on another floor he would you know get off the elevator and two minutes later or two seconds later, I would be getting on that elevator. Like, and I would just miss him every single time. It was heartbreaking <laughs> and everyone would show me their photos and it was horrible. It was just horrible. That sucks. Um, so yeah, that was probably like the most positive one. That's your happiest story. Yes. Not, not <laughs> yes. meeting JB. Yeah. But like, I was like on his floor. I was like in his oh, presence. So you're you're you know? basically a celebrity. I was under the same. Point. Right. Um, the second, I would say, 
you know, summer league last year, I was there for the earthquake. That was really oh, yeah. freaking scary. Was, the Knicks were playing in that. Yes. That was Zion versus was, RJ, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's right. That was scary. What was that like? Um, I thought the guy next to me was shaking his leg. Yeah. So I turned to him and said, do you mind like not shaking your oh, leg? Oh, no way. And he was like, I'm not moving. And then I looked up. And the jumbotron was like swaying, mm-hmm. and like the ground was rumbling. And I remember, I uploaded a, a highlight onto the Knicks Instagram, and the people in the background were, you know, Alonzo Trier just dunked on someone, and like, you know, the people announcing the broadcast were like, "The arena is moving, the arena is moving," and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, it's mo- it's actually moving." So yeah, that was crazy. Like we were all of us like that, you know, went to the hotel afterwards, like were kind of shook up, no mm. pun intended. Like we like legit were having like vertigo a little bit. Mm. Um, there were two, bad, there huh? were two earthquakes while we were there. I only felt that one. I didn't feel the other one, but um, but yeah, it was scary. Lizelle um, was there. Yeah, I think we had we had just played the game before, uh-huh. or like maybe two games before. So they went back to the hotel, and of course, these hotels in Vegas are like 90 floors. Right. So Lizelle is on like the 30th floor of some uh-huh. hotel, and up there, I mean, it's... Oh, no way. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Cuban, I forget where he was. He posted on Instagram about it. He was on like the 45th floor of a place. See, I, I was mean, so high up. I was high up. I couldn't even feel the first the first one. Really? It was like a day, the day or two before or something, mm. so Yeah, that the one scary. in the arena was like... That was the insane. The Jumbotron was shaking for oh, like yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. They, had to, they canceled the game. We yeah. were done. Yeah. That we were done. And then my last story is mortifying and scary. Um, we flew, good. We flew from, this is why I didn't tell you beforehand, so I could get your raw reaction. Um, we were flying from New York to Philly, which is crazy, but we did. It's like a 25-minute flight. Yeah. Um, it was we like did an, that last year. Yeah, it was like I an overnight flight. Yeah, yeah, it was an overnight flight um, or overnight game. It was just like, you know, leave Monday, come back Tuesday night. Um, so on our way back, it was like a 25 minute flight. So like, you know, five minutes in, I go to the bathroom and, you know, I'm washing my hands and I try to open the door and it's, I'm stuck. So I was locked in the bathroom and, you know, the flight attendants kept saying, everyone, please take their seats. Like we're landing Mm. shortly. So, you know, one minute in in a confined space like that is fine. Mm. Three minutes, you start to get a little bit, um, you know, claustrophobic. Yeah. Five minutes go by, and I'm still trying to open the door. And so I turned on the flight attendant light, and they turned it off because they thought someone did it on accident. Oh, no. And I am like, at this point, I'm crying. Like, I have tears <laughs> going down my face. Was it unlocked? No, no. It was stuck. Well, like, I'm saying like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it was like. Wouldn't, it wouldn't unlock. Like, yeah. The lock, you know how you slide it? Yeah. Um, and so I had my Apple Watch on. So I like, you know. Our security guard, shout out to Todd Jackson, saved my life. Um, I know, we know he's listening. Yeah, oh, he'll, he'll listen. I'll send yeah. it to him. Um, so I said, you know, I'm stuck in the bathroom. And he was in it, like, autocorrected, like, I'm stuck in the house or something like that. <laughs> and he was like, what? I was like, turn around. I'm not in my seat. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, five seconds later, you know, I just feel the boom, boom. And someone is, like, trying to knock down this door. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, the door just, like, flies open, breaks completely. No way. And I just burst into his arms, like, bawling, (laughs) crying. And, you know, I was just like, oh, my God. And then um, the players caught wind of what was happening because they heard it. Like, he was literally, like, slamming the door. Um, And so when we were getting off the plane, the players were like, 
hell no. I never <laughs> want that to happen to me ever. Like I was like shaking. Yeah. I was just, I could not control oh myself. My it was so scary. That's funny. I mean, it's scary, but it was so scary. Pretty funny everyone too. thought it was funny. Yes. Yeah. Except for me. Well, you're, you can laugh about I it. I can now. laugh about it now. Um, yeah, I'm forever indebted to him. So That's that was, funny. yeah, it was very scary. Yeah. There have been some, uh, anytime anybody goes to the bathroom on a plane, like they close the door and then you fly over the Rocky Mountains and there's some turbulence. <laughs> I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> you know, being in there yeah. is just be brutal. Totally. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, there's always some stuff that goes on on the road. Right? Oh, for sure. Um, so you've been, how many arenas? You've been to all 30? I think the only one that I haven't been to is the one in Utah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's like the only one. That sucks. I know. That's a, that's a great place to go. I, that's what everyone tells Especially me. They renovated it last year, too. That's what everyone nice. tells me. Yeah. Favorite hotel, favorite arena. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a really good place. But, uh, okay, so just from, if, if you were recommending to, uh, well, let's start with work, actually. Okay. What are the best arenas, not to watch a game, but your favorite place to go for work, whether it's for ease of access mm-hmm. or there's just good food or sure. whatever? Sure. Um, Good lighting, like Staples, for example, for Lakers games, Ooh. bad lighting. Ooh, I was going to say I like Staples because one, I've always had like a courtside seat, yeah. which is so cool it at is. Staples. It is very cool. Um, and then shout out to the ice cream machine. You've had the ice cream oh, yeah. there. I'm a um, big ice cream a fan. Lot of the, a lot of the Twitter, um, NBA Twitter people call out the ice cream machine. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, the seats, the ice cream machine. But it's so yellow. That's the thing. That's I know. The yeah, the lighting's really bad for photos and et cetera. But honestly, I've had a great I've had a great experience there. It's clean. Mm. <laughs> I like the cleanliness of yeah. it. Um, but the seat that I would get would be great. So you're like in the action, which really helps cover the game. Mm. Um, Chicago again, very clean. The seat was great. Um, Were you courtside there? Yeah, courtside okay. there. The fi- you got the, lucky. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, the seat was great, and I just you know the vibe in Chicago made it easy to work there. Like you know, every I I I look at it more as like the way things are set up mm. and easy access and things like that. And so that was a really easy arena um, to to really uh, kind of. Just get in find your, your way and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and the seat was great. Like, I honestly, when I watch the game, I don't want to miss anything. So, like, you know, sitting up close, although it might seem like, you know, sitting up close, you might miss stuff. But, like, you can get stuff on your phone and, like, you see everything that happens. So that's a really big proponent for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to give a big shout-out to Indiana. Um, really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Their hard lines are right there for you when you sit down. That's true. They give That's you the underrated. popcorn in mm. the middle. Um, you know, it gets stuck in your teeth, but it's so worth it. Um, their food's pretty decent. You know, they. I have always I always feel right at home when I'm there because it's Midwest. Mm. It's you good just, fans, too. Yeah, great fans. And Even if the team isn't very good. And their, um, their arena is cool. Mm. I've been to an Indiana game there, too, when we were th- there. Um, one of our players like wanted to see like the championship game I think a couple years ago mm. where they made that winning shot um, and it was the or it was a tournament mm. and we went and you know it was just fantastic like I was there two days in a row and field houses are underrated yeah it was great yeah it's pretty cool it was great uh, okay so if someone was listening to this that's gonna whatever they got five grand in the bank and they want to go to a couple NBA bucket list places. Mm-hmm. What are three or five or however many X number of stadiums that you've been to? They're like, yeah, I mean, no matter what team you root for, you've got to go to these mm-hmm. places to catch a game. Um, 
I like sta- I, I mean, got to go to LA and go to Staples and see all the teams that come through and all the celebs that come through. It's like mm. iconic, you know. It's pretty cool. Um, I got to say, Miami, their event presentation is great. Um, you know, from the announcement to say like, don't throw your food and you know, don't step in the aisles. It's like French, Fresh Prince themed last year. I think <laughs> it was, was so. It, really? it was awesome. That's funny. Like it's entertaining, and yeah. you know, they show a lot of the, you know, stuff that they do on social and things like that. And it's just, it's really fun. And the atmosphere is really cool. I remember going to a heat game when I was younger and I got to hold the flag and like wave it. Like, you know, it's oh, just, it's a cool. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and team's always good too. Oh yeah. It's, cool. it's, and it's, it's like a historic team, you know, they've been to the finals so many times, like the place is just erupting all the time. So mm. it's really fun. Um, I would say Philly. Philly gets loud. Yeah, Philly, Philly gets loud. Um, great seats there too. So, uh, yeah. but but at the same time, I'm like literally deaf when I leave. Mm. But it is an experience. I think the Liberty Bell thing is so cool. It is really cool. Um, and just you know the the atmosphere is crazy. Like the Philly fans get crazy, and mm. it's really cool to watch. And then the last one, I gotta say, the Garden. The Garden is a show. It's the world's most famous arena. You go there that, for the show. It's called that for a reason. Yeah. It oh, really yeah. is unlike anything else. Yeah. In the the event presentation team, I know firsthand, works so hard. You know, the Nick City dancers are iconic. You know, the celebs that come and that are just watching as fans. And the videos that they play to introduce yeah, them are always so it's cool. It's crazy. Too. Like, the garden goes all out, and it's, you know, half the people there aren't even fans. They're people visiting that they just want to see the garden. Mm. And, um, it's 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 a it's a good time. So the Oregon, yeah, I love the PA. He says the score. Uh-huh. I think that's really cool. You know? Yeah, and everyone, you know, it's it's a it's a historic historic place. So you know the the photographer even has been there since like 1970. One really? of them, yeah, George Kalinsky. Wow. Like everything about it is just. I can't even describe it, but and it's weird because I got like used to it because I worked there every single day, mm. so it just felt like you know the office or whatever. And people were like, "You work at the garden," and I'd just be like, "Yeah, sure. it's just like you know whatever." Yeah. <laughs> if you go, just make sure you sit down low. For Up sure, top is tough. Yeah, it's, it's a very big arena. Same right, with Chicago. it's huge. It's a huge yeah, arena. you get like vertigo up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to add a couple. Yeah, uh, Boston, incredible. Oh, great! Such one, good yeah. fans. Great it's one. always crowded. They always win. It's very annoying if mm-hmm. you're rooting for the visiting right. team. But it's a it's a great place. I feel like anywhere in Boston, yeah, you're screwed true. if yeah. you're rooting for someone else. Just root for the Boston <laughs> yeah. team. Uh, Portland, great Port- arena. Oh, great really arena. good fans. Yeah, uh, our own arena is really cool. Obviously, we're sure. trying to sell the product, but it's a very good place to watch a game. Always Absolutely. crowded, and then uh, a couple underground ones, Utah. I'm I sorry go. that you haven't gotten it's to experience okay. that one. And then uh, OKC, always really lit there. Yeah. The, they get really into you it. You sit right below the screaming fans, the mm. ones that have the section. It's yeah. crazy. I'm not sure that they totally understand the rules because they <laughs> boo like every call against their own team. Oh but that's gosh. part of being a fan. Right, right. Yeah, that's, You're that's passionate. They're passionate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, this is your chance yeah. to sell the Mavs yeah. product here as the person that's almost solely responsible you and Lizelle basically share all of the burdens yeah. of posting to all of our social media accounts mm-hmm. if someone is listening to this podcast <laughs> but somehow doesn't follow the maps on any of these social channels first off what are you doing but yeah. second off <laughs> uh why should somebody follow the maps on twitter and especially instagram that seems yeah. to be kind of the just i think our the best hub, right. yeah, our best our best channel what sure. what do fans get from following us that they can't get anywhere else um i think on twitter 
obviously we put a lot of stuff on there, but I think that shout out to you. I think you do a really good job of, you know, keeping our Twitter account updated with, you know, the X's and O's of basketball. Um, I think what we really, I think a lot of teams are kind of like shifting towards making Twitter like all swag and all like fun and games and things like that. Mm. But I think what's unique about our Twitter account is that we do both. So, and I think I said this when I was like interviewing with you guys even, I said, you know, you guys know basketball and you show it. Um, So I think that you add that a lot to that Twitter account. And I think, and you know, people that I see around Dallas now, they're like, oh my God, you work with Bobby. Like he's, he's, he's like, he's the best Dallas Twitter account, like Mavs Twitter account. And I think you add some of that, a lot of that to the Dallas Twitter, Dallas Mavs Twitter account. So thank you. This is about you. Bobby's blushing. This is not about me. No, I know. But, but what I'm saying is like we, Lizelle and I kind of add that aspect of, you know, with the times and like, you know, those trending things and the, in the national days and the, and the, um, the things, you know, humanizing the players and things like that. And I think that the second part of it is the X's and O's of basketball, but mm. that's very important. It's kind of like just a very well-rounded, it's a very well-rounded you know? Twitter, Twitter account. Like if you, anyone, you know, pop culture, you know, basketball, anything you're looking for, like, I think that we have it. And I think that's really unique because I think a lot of other teams, again, aren't really talking about the basketball content. They're just like kind of overshadowing it with what they think needs to be out there, which is okay. It's, mm. I mean, every to each his own, each team does their own thing. We all have different strategies, but I like ours. So I like that a lot. Um, Instagram, like you said, um, I think the best of the best content goes on there. Um, you know, it's the quality versus quantity there. Um, but I think we have fun. Like, I think that, you know, thinking of ways again, like I said, to keep things fresh and keep things like, you know, on top of mind, um, for our fans and what we think that they'll be interested in. I think Instagram's a really great way to like experiment with that. Um, and Instagram's really fun. I have so much fun on there, just like, you know, putting stickers and gifts and stuff, um, on stories and things like that. And then when, you know, when our players, share stuff, you know, it means a lot. Like, it, you know, they, they believe in what we're doing. and They don't share stuff that they don't like. Right. But they share they a lot of our stuff. And they do, yes. And I've always taken that to heart. Um, try not to think a, take a lot of things personally, but that I definitely do take to heart um, when those guys share things. And I think that they are also Instagram first players too. Mm. So, you know, putting our best foot forward on Instagram, I think is a big, big thing for us. So follow us on Instagram because we're growing rapidly. We are. We are very, growing very rapidly. It's very exciting. Mm. Um, I just want to interject and say that it's cool to see. I, I don't know if people even care about this sort of thing, but making the timeline very like polished, I guess. Yes. And turning stories into like the moment. Yep. You know, it's during the games, I'm doing my own thing, and so I don't really pay too much attention to anything or anybody other than the 10 players that are on the court <laughs> and the 20 players who aren't. But the day after or when I get home and I'm going through the story after the game, it's like a start to finish yep. experience. It's, it's like it's, the whole night. And then you're telling the, a story. Yeah, that's what it the is. The timeline is just it's it looks great. Photos that's and, and that's like that's what I talk about, like, you know, quantity versus quality. Like I mean quality versus quantity is like, you know, the stories are to tell a story. Like I would whenever I cover an event, um, 
I hold all of the videos that I take because it's like, what story do you want to tell? Mm. So you get home and you go through everything that you have and you edit it and you clip it and you whatever. And then like, you know, you either start out with like a selfie video and introduce what you're doing and then close it with something that you think is the strongest and things like that. So with the game, it's the same thing. You know, it's the pregame and how we, you know, portray that. And we're kind of figuring out how else we want to do that and change things up and make it a little bit more polished. Mm. Um, But the game, I mean, you want to tell the story of the game and, 12 slides and like which is tough to do it's very tough but you know it's fun Mm. and like you can and that's what i mean like when you tag those guys in those plays you know that they're going to be proud of it when even after a loss and when they share it they are proud of it and they're proud that you we think that it there that it's great you Mm. know so you know it's it's really telling the story and wrapping up that story um because you know even for me like i told you like i digest I think about how I digest social media. So that's how I go about things usually, unless there's like data behind it or something. So, cause I'm like 26. So I'm in that range of, you know, middle, young, but You're the target audience basically. Exactly. Basketball fan who doesn't only care about basketball. Sure, sure. And so, you know, I, how I digest social media. So when I get, when I, during the day, I'm only going through stories. I get on the feed when I get home and get in bed Mm. or like have like an hour to kill. So, you know, stories really need to be strong and um, people want to swipe up and they want to get to the next story. Um, so, yeah, it's really fun. And then the, the feed, um, the feed. I guess I called it the timeline. Yeah, the, yeah I was, I was about, about to say, it's, I was like, but I knew what you meant. I yeah. knew what you meant. Um, but, yeah, the feed, the, you know, the cover photo, the cover on the videos and the, fo- and the photos that, you know, are portraited or squared or whatever, it matters. Mm. It matters for clicks, it matters for, you know, views, and it matters for the look. And, like, you know, I think the Mavs have done a really good job in, you know, this season especially, you know, kind of transferring over to really caring about what that looks like because we are growing really quickly and people are looking at us and people, you know, the team is good and we're exciting and that matters. So, you know, it's the quality. It's just you know, really, really important. And then, so that's Instagram. So follow us. Mm. Um, and then TikTok, we are having so much fun on TikTok. Follow us on that's TikTok. That's the next thing. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of the thing. It's, it's not really the thing right now. It's not next anymore. No, like it is the thing you want to like the NBA. I remember when they were like, you know, kind of introducing TikTok into our lives and saying like, Hey guys, like this is what some, you know, Benny the bull is doing really well. Like everyone should join. So everyone joined and then no one knew what they were doing. And you know, everyone just kind of started messing with it. We have, I'm being, I'm biased, but I, but I've seen the numbers. Like we have the best, one of the best TikToks in the NBA. Mm. Like we do. And probably sports. So Ryan, like, you're killing it. They Obviously, really are. I mean, are helping yeah. Out we too, all ideate and we have, you know, a channel, um, on teams, now <laughs> Don't get me started on and, and we have a channel on teams and you know we're sending each, each other stuff and you know Shelby and Soraya come to me and Lizelle and kind of say like what do you think about this what do you think about this and we're like how about you do it this way or just give some insight and like you know whenever we're filming something we're there for it and you know we all share each other's content you know Lizelle and I are getting like literally every moment of everything and then we share it with them um and then they do their thing they put their magic on it but you know all the ideating and things like that comes from all of us but they kill it like I I don't even I tried to make one of my dog and he almost bit my hand off like I didn't know what I you know what I mean so like it's 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 a very 
creative space and we are doing a very good job of it. We have like upwards of 600,000 followers and then we have like 6.5 million likes on there. So, you know, it's crazy and it's growing quickly. We are growing, growing, growing. So check us out on TikTok because you want to be where we are. Seriously. As a, as my own sales pitch, uh, I used to think that it was so I'm I'm the guy that thinks that everything is corny. Like right. I think Instagram is lame until I yeah. try it, and I'm like, this is actually really <laughs> cool. Uh, I thought TikTok was super dumb, and then I opened up the Mavs account, and I was like, oh, this is actually and you really really funny. In one. Well, that's not <laughs> that ended up being probably the I worst know, TikTok know, on. <laughs> but uh, just seeing it, I don't know. It's just cool. It's it's only it's only silly if you think it's silly, but it's it's fun. It's right. just I don't know. I've kind of like. The longer I've spent in the NBA, obviously it's an entertainment league, but I came in the league thinking this is basketball, it's serious business, right. it's a billion dollar enterprise. And I'm like, actually, it's kind of just supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like, it's just a sport. Right. Do- nothing, it doesn't really matter. Like, right. It's meant to be enjoyed. Sure. And so however we can help people in- enjoy it in their own way is right. I'm all for. We're and having fun. I yeah. think I think our... Um, you know, our culture and our environment comes through our social media, which I think is like the best thing that any team could do. Um, and we're just having fun with it. And I think that if you lose that sense, it kind of like, you know, goes by the wayside. So we're doing it right. And, um, I was, what else was I going to say? Well, hopefully we have Luca. Oh yeah. We also have Luca. Yeah. Which definitely (laughs) makes it a little easier to have fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, good stuff, Becca. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having Uh, me. Uh, a record setting appearance. It's the first employee. I guess not named me that's been on the show. <laughs> so uh, you told your story. It was awesome. Thanks. Um, any last words before we get out of here? Nope. I think I'm good. You don't have to say vote for Luca anymore. I'll I know. Start voting We're finding out. Behind us. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So soon we'll know. We're, we recorded this in January. I have no idea when the show is coming out. That's okay. But uh, we recorded in January. I hope all of you voted for Luca mm-hmm. and maybe even watched the All-Star game. If not, you should watch it. And uh, we'll see you around. Follow us on Dallas Mavs. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow.